You're listening to Catholic Chicago on WNDZ 750 AM. During the next hour, the Archdiocese of Chicago brings you programs about the people, events, and issues that touch our lives. Welcome to Catholic Chicago. Good morning. This is Lifelong Journey, a radio program hosted by the Office of Lifelong Faith Formation in the Archdiocese of Chicago. Uh, it is a beautiful summer morning here in Chicago. My name is Clarissa Alhintera, and I am your host, and I'm going to be joined. If you're watching this on the internet, uh, I am joined via Teams video uh, with Pablo Padilla. And uh, welcome, Pablo. Thank you, Clarissa, uh, and welcome to everyone, and thank you to everyone that's coming in. Uh, glad to be here this morning. Yeah, so if you've not encountered Pablo, Pablo's you know been around uh, the diocese for a while. We've invited him to come on and talk a little bit about you know um, the big summer thing for young adults and engaging adults in this and young adult you know kind of young adult faith is uh, theology on tap and kind of you know what are some uh, techniques and things that uh, the young adult engagement team is going to be. Uh, doing this year for Theology on Tap, which is starting like, you know, now-ish, <laughs> always the summertime. Uh, but before we kind of jump into the show, Pablo, tell us, you know, how long you've been doing what you're doing um, in the Archdiocese, you know, especially around, you know, young adult faith and young adult engagement. Sure. Yeah, so I started originally um, under Father John Cusick. I don't know if, if our listeners remember that name. He's a wonderful priest uh, who uh, actually started some of the young adult ministry efforts here in Chicago. And I've been working uh, ever since with young adults and young adult ministry. Um, and also I did some youth ministry for a few number of years. But uh, I, I would say more or less around 2012, more or less, it's, it's um, the late 2012. So about about 10 years, I'd say more or less, since I've been uh, walking with and journeying with the uh, ministry with young people and young adults. Nice. That's a that's quite a long time, and I imagine also uh, in that time that you've been journeying with young adults, you've probably probably seen changes in terms of how we as a church have engaged with young adults today. Yes, absolutely. I think that in the past uh, years, with uh, Cardinal Subic and the re, the Renew My Church efforts, we definitely took on new ways of reaching out to young adults, and we began to really look outside the box uh, and really come up with and think of different models that can put us in the uh, forefront of young adult ministry and also just, you know, help us more creatively engage those young adults that had been traditionally unengaged by church for, for X number of reasons. Uh, so it's been, it's been a wonderful uh, journey to see how different models have sort of come together and how transformation has happened here in the archdiocese when it comes to uh, doing the outreach uh, with young adults. Yeah. When you think about, you know, the past couple years, like I, in terms of, you know, how you've, how the team has strategized in terms in engaging young adults, what are one or two things that really, and I know this isn't on the script that I sent, but I, I don't know if you're able to answer, you know, what are one or two things that you think uh, have really, you know, that the team has really thought about in terms of engaging this population in a different way? I think that one of the things that's, that's, that's been very crucial and really hasn't changed much, but it has become more intentional in, in understanding that the ministries that we do at the end of the day are relational. So really in, in encountering young adults where young adults are at, uh, not, not so much opening the spaces and hoping that they show up, but more really making an intentional effort to going to the spaces where the young adults are, are typically at. And that could be a, a very different number of places. But the idea of you showing up to where young adults are at or us, our office, showing up to where young adults are at and engaging with them in their own reality, through their own personal history and in their own lived experiences, that has been a key element in the, in the transformation of how we approach a ministry with young adults. So I can honestly say that, you know, the intentionality of encounter or meeting people where they're at has really just kind of like 
gone up to the highest priority for us when it comes to, to meeting, meeting and engaging with young adults. That has been the main tool for engagement, really. And it involves a lot of listening. It involves a lot of you know, trying to understand where they're coming from. And it also involves, you know, after doing some of that, an invitation. So inspired a lot by the uh, the passage of, of the way to Emmaus, mm-hmm. where Jesus does the encountering. They really don't know it's Jesus just yet, but Jesus really engages and meets the, uh, the, 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 the pilgrims that are walking, meets them in their own journey, in their own path, in their own reality, in their own circumstance. And I think that's been an approach that we've definitely been very intentional of taking and I, and I really appreciate that, you know, we, we have been moving in that direction um, in, in, a, in, a, in a way that mirrors and really resembles what Christ did in the way to Emmaus and, and throughout the Gospels, really. Yeah. Yeah. Do you yeah. think that in the past, you know, 15 months during the time uh, and not that we're, you know, at the end of the pandemic yet, but, you know, that intentionality and that engaging young adults in a different way. Do you think that's really like the the time that we've shared during, you know, the pandemic has really kind of allowed us to see like more clearly that that intentionality really has to be at the forefront of how we engage, you know, this population? Definitely. Uh, one of the things that I realized um, when the uh, shutdowns first happened and when we were told to social distance, when we were told to stay at home, well, one of the things that right away I, I really appreciated was that because of the relationships that had been built, because some of that intentionality that had occurred, the desire for young adults to just see each other was, was there. And I know that right now, like you said, 15 months out, and we're still not really out of the woods yet, but initially, Zoom and these other types of social media platforms like Teams, even Facebook, or anything where you had a camera where you can see the other person, became like the thing. It's like we all just wanted to see each other, wanted to meet each other wherever we were at. And these platforms gave us that possibility. And because of these platforms, we were able to to, to just continue building on those relationships. But the need for human interaction, the need for human contact, the need to share with each other our own experiences, our own lived realities, how we were feeling about the pandemic, uh, a a lot of it also had to do with how we were dealing with with this reality of, of the COVID-19 and how we were dealing with the whole idea of uh, having to isolate for the sake of protecting our own lives and helping you know our fellow sisters and brothers also to, to heal or, or to not catch this. But it was through Zoom that, and, and those relationships that happened before, that we were able to come together and really just build upon those. Uh, I can give you some examples. Uh, I, I ran three alphas uh, during the, uh, the pandemic and all three of those alphas involved a small team of young adults that I was working with that I had met previously mm-hmm. through the relationship building process in person. But the alphas happened all via Zoom. And I can honestly say that everyone that joined, all of the young adults that were present at all three separate alphas, they were all complete strangers. Mm-hmm. They didn't know each other. They didn't know who they were. But because of the the uh, miracle, really, and I, and I am calling it a miracle, of this virtual platform of encounter, a lot of them were able to get to know each other, build build new friendships, build new relationships, uh, and quite frankly, build new community. And I know that till this day, some of them still keep in touch. And now that this pandemic is sort of like, again, we're not out of the woods, but as it's as it's becoming something that we are, you know, walking out of slowly, the desire to meet in person is there. But it it, it it's happening. It, it, these are young adults that met through virtual platforms, mm-hmm. and now we're we're walking to a reality where hopefully soon they'll be able to meet in person. Yeah, can I ask you? You know, when we talk about engaging young adults, especially you know being intentional, meeting them that we're where we're at today, where they're at today, and then we think about theology on tap. You know, how and why is is something like this important to you know the rest of the church, the rest of our listeners who are tuning in today, who might not necessarily be a young adult. So Theology on Tap is one of those things that's always uh, open uh, to the general public, especially it's it's targeted for young adults. Uh, The idea is to get, you know, young adults in their, you know, in their 20s and 30s to come together and participate. But of course, with uh, we we know that some of the topics we offer are pretty interesting and some people really like would like to get engaged with it. So Theology on Tap is, is one of those events where you can always take something away from it. You can always walk away with something. 
by attending a, a an event, a young a theology on tap event, or simply by catching one of the theology on tap talks online. If 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 I'm allowed to just you know go back into the past a little bit, when the when the pandemic first hit and we were in the middle of June and July, and you know in early August, that is our theology on tap you know season. Um, of course, our our host sites, parishes, and young adult leaders, they couldn't host at at the traditional areas like bars, pubs, mm-hmm. pizza places, or even the parish. So we had to kind of like improvise the tad. And our team led the Theology on Tap effort. We did five sessions virtually. And one of the things that I learned is that people from all over were connecting, not just Chicago, but I'm talking about even people that were living abroad in in, in other countries. They were connecting and they were listening to the talks that we were offering. They were taking away messages. They were encountering a new message, perhaps, or a new perspective uh, on a teaching uh, that that most probably was, was, was something that has hopefully changed their lives. So, you know, in, in the virtual platform, because it was via Facebook Live, we didn't really get to interact so much with our audience, but we know that we were reaching over thousands of people mm-hmm. at, at any given moment. And we also know that a lot of those people that we were reaching were not just young adults, but they were people who, of different age groups, uh, different demographics, different cultures. So theology and tap and those conversations that we were having at the time were key because they were they were showing something that was relevant, not just uh, to the particular age group of young adults, but something that was relevant to our society and to our culture. And and, and, and it was done in such a way we're all connected back to our faith life, our faith journey. Of course, you know, we were we were hoping always that theology and that the theology on tap talks last year that were all virtual also helped someone in their own, you know, personal discernment, but also in their interpersonal relationships as well. But it was very key to touch on some topics that were very relevant to society and culture through the lens of faith. So I, I really believe that it was one of those where the universal topics were there for everyone to come away with something. And, you know, we always think, we always loved engaging in the questions that people ask. Our audience could ask us questions. Uh, they could ask our panelists questions. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it, it felt good to know that we were reaching a broader audience, not just young adults. I remember... One of the ones that I saw was early on. I think it was the one with um, Bishop Joseph Perry and and, uh, one of the community organizers from the West Side, Tanya. And I think at some point I looked, you know, well well after the event had taken place and it was like, I don't know, thousands of hits or thousands of views or whatever it was since it took place on Facebook Live. And I thought, you know, that was so different than the way we would have done Theology on Tap in the past because I think, you know, the virtual platform – really gives us the opportunity to engage people, but then you can rewatch it and share it and send it. But also when I sat back, you know, maybe a few weeks after the fact, I was like, wow, that's, you touched a lot of hearts that day. I mean, or, you know, at whatever time they, you know, they kind of viewed the program. And I think, you know, when you think about intentionality, um, that's something that uh, this team has really kind of embraced, you know, especially in this time of, you know, social distancing. Yeah, and we were very fortunate to to have the platforms available. I jokingly well, I had always told uh, our team, I was like, wow, I was like, if this had happened maybe 10 or, or 15 mm-hmm. years ago, I wonder if we would have had these, you know, platforms so upgraded to the degree that we could just go ahead and do it so freely and so simply. So, you know, uh, thanks to the generosity of some of these platforms too, like Facebook that allow us to broadcast live, I mean, and that are so well at interconnecting with, with other platforms, I think that was just a huge help. So really, it was really a blessing to have these virtual spaces of encounter. And I do call them virtual spaces of encounter because normally the spaces of encounter in theology on tap would be, like I said, the bars, the pubs, you know, the lounges, or even the traditional parishes or some restaurants. Mm-hmm. But when, when all of that was taken away because of, of health concerns and very legitimate reasons, you know, what was left was these spaces. And these spaces of encounter were, were so key and so important and I always say that, you know, the Holy Spirit really graced us with these platforms uh, during this time uh, when we were, were going to need to have human interaction. I just couldn't see myself interacting with anyone for long periods of time without seeing my friends, some my relatives, you know, physically. But thanks to these platforms, you know, I was able to. So the same, I think I, think I can say the same for Theology on Tap. It was just another way of bringing Jesus to the virtual spaces of encounter so that people can encounter mm-hmm. Jesus through these platforms as well. Yeah. Through the topics of the project and tab we had in those times. 
Well, let's go ahead and take a quick break, uh, and we'll come right back and hear a little bit more. Thank you. The 27th Annual Catholic Charities Golf Classic will take place on July 19th and you are cordially invited to attend. Gather your friends and work colleagues for this fabulous event that will take place on two beautiful golf courses, Shore Acres in Lake Bluff and Knollwood Club in Lake Forest. Proceeds will benefit Catholic Charities programs and services in Lake County. All state and CDC guidelines will be followed and registrations are filling up quickly. Call 847-814-3839 today. That's 847-814-3839. Thank you on behalf of everyone we serve in Lake County. The word made clear is exactly what its name implies. It's an easy to understand explanation of the word of God, the gospel. Hello. I'm Father James McElhone, Director of Biblical Formation for the Archdiocese of Chicago. I'd like to invite you to take our free online Bible study program by going to thewordmadeclear.org. Our website offers an audio-based guide to the Gospels of Mark, Matthew, Luke, and John. Listen to my lectures and follow along with the handouts provided. There are even discussion guides. You can also explore the biblical roots of the Mass. And there are links to a wide variety of biblical sources that will benefit both teachers and students of the sacred scriptures. Just go to wordmadeclear.org to experience our free online Bible study program. Again, it's free at wordmadeclear.org. It's the Word of God. Enjoy. I feel special. <laughs> I feel great. I got good grades. We've seen a huge surge in our kids now meeting or exceeding grade level. Come check us out. You may have never thought we were an option before. Good morning, and we're back with Lifelong Journey, a radio program hosted by the Office of Lifelong Faith Formation. My name is Clarissa Alhantara, and I am your host for this morning's conversation, and I'm joined uh, by Pablo Padilla. And we've been talking a little bit about young adult ministry, theology on tap, and especially kind of engaging young adults uh, intentionally, uh, you know, on some virtual platforms and how these have been virtual places and spaces of encounter and especially encountering Jesus relationships. Emmaus is always, always, always my favorite story, uh, uh, from like forever. And so I love just kind of also hearing about it here. Um, so one of the things I wanted to, to ask, uh, to ask you, Pablo, in terms of, you know, how we think about this, you know, when you think about, in encountering and engaging young adults, especially maybe, you know, in these past 15 or 18 months as, you know, as we've been in, in pandemic mode, you know, is there like a story that you have, a, like a virtual encounter where you have witnessed Christ, encountered Christ, you know, what is that, what does that look like for you? Yeah, during the uh, pandemic, uh, like I said, I was able to host three different alphas with a very talented uh, team of young adults that were helping me. Um, and in one of those alphas, I remember that we watched the video. The alpha involves videos and involves uh, dialogue and small group discussions. 
And then afterwards, we have a plenary session where we kind of like get some feedback, general feedback on what people kind of like shared. And I remember that uh, one of the persons that was on the Alpha uh, wasn't really sure where, where they stood in their faith. But after watching this particular video, after entering into the, the dialogue with the small group that they had, uh, and this is all virtually, by the way, and then when we got to the plenary session, that person said, you know, I came here seeking for something else. They were like, I was a little bit bothered that I wasn't receiving it. But then after I watched this video and I had this conversation and then I kind of realized that, you know, what I what, what I was seeking was something completely different that I had no idea I was seeking. So what they ended up sharing, you know, at the end of all of this was that the topic and the conversation was, I think, I believe it was on prayer. Mm -hmm. You know, they said, you know, they, they had been worried about X number of things and the person said that at the end of the, at the end of it all, like they had forgotten to to just pray and put it in God's hands. So, mm -hmm. what the person shared that really impacted me was the uh, understanding of just really trusting the Holy Spirit, putting it in God's hands. Of course, you know the person still had to make an effort to do what they had to resolve, uh, but the fact that there was now this this dimension of I am not alone. Mm -hmm. There is God there. There is a Holy Spirit here. There is a person of Jesus here. The fact that you know the person came to a realization that they were not alone in their journey and their struggle, but that they they had they had the Jesus walking right next to them, you know, that was really really impactful for me because again, these were complete strangers to all of us. They were complete. They were people that just joined because they saw the announcement somewhere, or they were invited by members of our team. But we didn't really know each other uh, in, in these virtual spaces. Uh, so the fact that someone was able to open up and become that vulnerable within the context of a small group mm. and really just share their story, you know, and then come back to come back and say, you know, what they what they experienced in the plenary session, um, I think that I think it I think it resonated with some of our other participants. So that was a very direct experience I had of of Jesus encountering someone, you know, through the virtual spaces through something like like the Alpha that we were doing. Um, but, you know, and, uh, other other examples that I have had, you know, also Please. involved Please. involved just, you know, online retreats that we were doing or things like that, where, where people were like, wow, I came here and I didn't really know what to expect, but I'm walking away feeling like very rejuvenated, mm -hmm. you know, very much alive. I feel like the, the word that kept resonating um, in, in several of these spaces where was, I don't feel alone. I, I don't feel alone. So, and some of the people had really been isolated because of where they were living or circumstances or X number of reasons. So the fact that they can come back and say later, you know, wow, this really helped. I didn't feel alone. I think that that speaks a lot to, you know, how Jesus is even present among, among ourselves and how we can be Jesus to another person and vice versa. Yeah. When you think about, you know, those encounters and I think even the surprising, the surprising way that community uh, was uh, was able to be built. Like, what story from Scripture, or stories? I mean, I imagine you've got a couple stories uh, that, or Scripture passages that really touch your heart when you think about, you know, the way you've, the way the office and the way the team has really been able to virtually encounter not only Jesus but also encounter Jesus through the young adults that you work with. Yeah, you know, the, some of the stories that come to mind uh, from from the Gospels, and 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 again, I really these are these are some of the ones that I always continue to see in ministry, even now as we're slowly walking back into what I guess we're going to be calling some some new normal. Um, I, I I definitely have experienced you know moments of like the woman at the well, you know, mm. where again you know complete strangers. You know, there's a lot of fears there. There's a lot of like, you know, I'm going to walk carefully. I'm going to tread, tread carefully here. But then, you know, after the dialogue happens and after, you know, there is a, a knowing of each other, then comes that moment of vulnerability and invitation. And a new friendship happens. One of my favorite parts about the, the, the gospel of the woman of the well is that after that, like she, she just runs back and she mm -hmm. just tells everyone, and I believe, if I'm not mistaken, Jesus spent some time there. Uh, I, I I don't recall how much, but I know that he spent some time in that town with them. And it, it's just kind of like being being among them, right? 
Yeah. Definitely the one. Definitely the one where the where the where the, uh, the the Samaritan gets robbed and he's kind of left on the side of the road, and and the good and and the, and the good Samaritan shows up to help him, right? You know, there's how sometimes, you know, during this during these periods where we were kind of like disengaged from each other, in engaging sometimes all all we have to do is just you know make some time for the person in front of us. So, it, it is so key for me, and I really like that story that. You know, the person just stops. And mm. for whatever reason, he had a little bit of extra. He had a little bit of extra medicine. He had a little bit of extra this. He had a little bit of extra money. And he was able to help this person out. Mm. So I think that, you know, when engaging with young adults, especially since, you know, sometimes young adults tend to be a little bit hungry, it's always good to have a little bit of extra food, a little bit of extra something <laughs> to offer. So you know, just, just always being able to just meet them where they're at. You know, again, they may not be robbed and on the side of the road like the gospel story is, but it's the it's the fact that the Good Samaritan was prepared for that situation, was just able to offer hospitality, offer friendship, offer a lending hand. Um, and then obviously the the way of Emmaus, which is which is definitely one of my most favorite because it speaks to a lot of the issues that we're seeing today, especially after a pandemic. You know, mm-hmm. as we're walking out of this, you know, I, I only I I can only wonder how many broken hearts are mm. out there. How many people actually suffered some mental strains as a result of all of this? I'm thinking of people that maybe lost some loved ones. Um, I know of a young adult leader, very important leader, who lost his father to COVID, mm. uh, and I can I can only think of how he's also like walking through through this through this journey. Um, and 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 again, you know, it's right now as we're as we're kind of like walking out of this sort of you know we're taking like small steps mm. encountering people is going to is going to involve listening to you know their their own experience with this with this reality of the pandemic I mean, it may be that you know they're like wow we're just so tired of being you know locked up in a house that we're just happy that we can actually go out and get some sun so you know these kinds of stories these kind of bible stories um, when, when I look at it through the, through the lens of, yes, the gospel, yes, these are the gospel values, yes, this yeah. is what Jesus is inviting us to do. But when I, when, when, I, when I look at them through the lens of the reality that we're having to live with, especially this reality now, mm-hmm. and how we just need to continue to engage young adults, you know, it, it's, it's very relevant. It's very, it, it, it goes kind of like hand in hand. So, you know, there's a, lot of, there's a lot of good pointers there. At least for me as a minister, I like to look at the gospels and see, okay, well, how is this gospel inviting me to engage young adults? So, to me, I always say to people, you know, the, the best model for engaging young adults is the Jesus model. And they just kind of like, you know, begin to put yourself out there in these situations and and, and just kind of like sort of go with the flow. Of course, of course, always in our case, it's always, you know, motivated and driven and guided by the Holy Spirit. Yeah. I wanted to ask, we've got to take a break in a couple of minutes, but, you know, of the three passages you shared, you know, which one do you think, or is there a relationship that you have with either of these or all of them that you think, yeah, some of this, a little of this passage guides me, a little of that passage guides me, you know, where is that for you as a, you know, ministry, ministry leader, especially someone who's been very intentional about work, walking and working in one community for so long? Definitely the way to Emmaus. Um, I, I would say that if there is any how to do ministry with young adults, I would have to say the way to Emmaus is my to go to, and I, and I don't get tired of reading and praying over uh, that passage or doing like the divina on it because sometimes I am the young adult that is walking, you know, with with a broken heart or mm. that's feeling a little bit lost or in, in a bigger situation because of what just had happened. Sometimes, you know, I, I see myself in the role of Jesus that's walking, and that just kind of approaches and says, "Hey guys, what's going on? Why are you guys, you know?" all poker faced about it. Why are you guys feeling so down? What's going on? What happened? You know, at the same time, I sometimes think of myself as maybe someone that's just kind of like observing the whole situation. But definitely it's it's the way to amaze because of how Jesus goes out of his way to intentionally not talk about himself, but how he is more focused on understanding where they're at and what's going on in their hearts and in their minds and in their spirits. And just kind of like walks, literally just walks alongside them asks them questions, listens, and then just sort of like stays with them. And then and then after a little while, he begins to accompany, not just with his presence, but with his consoling words by sharing, you know, the, 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 the words of the scripture and just continues on with them until they say, hey, you know what? It's dark outside. Why don't you come inside and stay with us? You know, 
so for me, it's kind of like that's my to go to as a minister. It's it's as a minister, I need to mimic Jesus in that. Um, and another one that I'd like to like just bring up that I also of those three, yes, uh, the engaging with the with the stranger in in, in, the, in the in the woman by the well. Mm-hmm. I think that is so crucial. Mm-hmm. Sometimes we need to like step out of our comfort zone and, and our and our and the boundaries that are set for us, and really just go out of our way to encounter the other. And like I said, with the Good Samaritan, it's just always be prepared because you never know when that young adult is going to need a little bit of your time, a little bit of extra time, a little bit of extra this, a little bit of extra that. And of course that, you know, we're, we live in a culture that talks a lot about boundaries and personal space. Mm-hmm. Sometimes with young mm-hmm. adults, you know, uh, offering up a little of that, you know, for for the sake of, you know, and walking with or ministering to a young adult is also very important. It's also key. And the last one that I want to, I want to mention is, is is definitely the the one of service, mm-hmm. the washing of the feet, mm-hmm. um, because I think that that's one of the that, that's where we get our marching orders from Jesus directly. Uh, of course, the Last Supper as well, but more intentionally, he's like, he, you know, when he when he washes the feet, he's basically saying to us, "This is what I have done. This is what I have done, and this is what you need to do as well." Mm-hmm. Um, so mm-hmm. I think of myself, okay, so as a minister. What does washing a young adult's feet mean? What does that mean? How do I serve them? So for me, those are the ones that resonate. And those are the ones that when we're doing trainings or formation or we're just preparing young adults to launch a ministry, we always, I, I like to always come back and just like reference those points. Um, yes, we're talking about leadership. Yes, mm-hmm. we're talking about being leaders for young adults. But we're also talking about really at the end of the day is how are you a missionary disciple for young adults? And, and I always come back to Jesus for, for these references. Yeah. Well, let's go ahead and take a quick break, and then we'll come back in a little bit. Thanks, Pablo. Throughout the COVID-19 pandemic, Catholic Charities has continued to respond to the needs of people who come to us for assistance. More than 850,000 meals and food parcels have been offered to those who are struggling with food insecurity. Over 108,000 homelessness prevention hotline calls have been answered. Over 22,000 people have received mental health services and $2 million in financial assistance has been provided to keep people housed. If you or someone you know needs assistance, email us at gethelp at catholiccharities.net. That's gethelp at catholiccharities.net. Or call 312-655-7700. That's 312-655-7700. Before, during, and after COVID-19, Catholic Charities is here for you. The Cemetery Ministry is a core ministry of our Catholic faith tied to the corporal works of mercy. It's comforting to know that our Catholic cemeteries are caring for the remains of our loved ones awaiting the resurrection. There are 44 Archdiocese of Chicago Catholic cemeteries willing to help you in your time of loss. Call 708-449-6100 or visit catholiccemeterychicago.org. Catholic Cemeteries, serving the Catholic community since 1837. You're listening to Catholic Chicago on WNDZ 750 AM. Every Monday through Friday from 8 AM to 9 AM, the Archdiocese of Chicago presents programming about the people, events, and issues that touch our lives. Thanks for letting us be part of your morning. Now again, Catholic Chicago.
Good morning, and we're back with Lifelong Journey, a radio program hosted by the Office of Lifelong Faith Formation in the Archdiocese. My name is Clarissa Alhantara, and on the phone slash team slash, if you're streaming this, uh, is Pablo Padilla. And here we are at the two distinct buildings, the Pastoral Center. Pablo's streaming from Meyer, which is on the south side uh, in the neighborhood of Bronzeville, and I'm up here uh, on... Like, kind of near Michigan Avenue on 835 North Rush Street. Uh, So we were talking a little bit about the scripture passages. And, you know, I don't know if you, and you're probably aware of this, Pablo, but when we talk about the passages that you selected when we're talking about the woman at the well and, you know, the story of the Good Samaritan, Emmaus, obviously, and even Jesus washing feet, you know, all those have the thread of hospitality, you know, like washing, drinking, eating, and care. Right. And so when we think about young adults and maybe this was intentional. Right. And maybe this is how we really think about young adult ministry. But I don't know if you can say more a little bit about in each of those pieces, like these stories would be so different if Jesus or the, uh, another person hadn't been hospitable and truly like hospital, like bending over backwards, making sure that the other was truly cared for, you know, as part of the, the ministry. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, you know, when when it, when it comes to the way we are hospitable, hospitable, I think, is at the core of one thing that's very important, and that's you know looking at the dignity of the of the human person, and really uplifting that dignity, and recognizing in them that there is a lot of value as as people, right? Mm-hmm. So if I just sometimes just to imagine. If someone was not kind of like participating or was not like really like uh, going out of their way to be hospitable or, or or to be you know present for the other or uplifting that dignity, obviously uh, there were always there, there there will always be some kind of like a feeling of not not being accepted. So in ministry, when we when we risk not practicing being hospitable or being uh, open or allowing. You know, the space to be a safe space, as many young adults throughout have have called it. You know, sometimes it, it may not be engaging for a young adult. So, you know, if 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 let's say you know some something or other in that in those gospel stories would have gone maybe the other way, maybe some of the uh, the people there would have been a little bit turned off. But the fact that Jesus was so intentional and being so hospitable, so caring, so loving, so accepting. I think I think at the end of the day, that's what really like attracted and gravitated people towards the person of Jesus because of of the love that was sort of emanating out of him as a person and as a son of God. As ministers, I think that we need to mimic that when we are when we are in our spaces. Uh, you know, theology on tap is is so key. And and I mean, I've always in the trainings have said, make sure that you not only take down their names, but make sure that you also have some form of follow up. Make sure that you also thank them for coming. Make sure that they feel at at all points of theologians have welcome. It doesn't matter where you're at. You know, you could be at a pizza place, you could be at your parish, you could be at someone's home. You know, it, it, the hospitality piece of it will always, always, always make a young adult feel like they belong, like they belong to this church, like they belong to this community, because it, you know we we're going out of a way to show love that was inspired by the person of Jesus when he was among us. They really showed us how to like love the person and really recognize the dignity in the other person uh, by making them feel important through these concrete actions that are motivated by God's love to make a person feel like they they are safe, they are welcome, and they belong. Mm-hmm. Moving a little bit, kind of in our conversation, you know, one of the things I wanted to to, to break open a little bit, you know, when we talk about uh, you know, church teach church teaching or documents that talk about accompanying young adults, what are some of the documents or teachings of the church that uh, does the office, does the team look at when really kind of building the different ministries that it has? Well, our team, our team uh, really looks at, you know, recently uh, we've been looking a lot at the core values of uh, what Renew My Church and, and the pastoral lens that Renew My Church is asking us to to really reflect on and, and think about. So obviously I'm going to go ahead and name the, the pillars, the main pillars of Renew My Church, which is to 
uh, you know, build community, make disciples, and inspire witness. And I think that at the core of our young adult ministry, when we when we when we begin when we have begun to look at what we're trying to do here is yes, we are definitely all about building community, community for young adults, communities where young adults can feel welcome, can feel safe, can feel accompanied. But we also, you know, want to that community to not just become a comfort zone, uh, like you know, the apostles asked Jesus, hey, let's just set up some tents and stay here. And no, Jesus was like, no, we need to get back out there, right? So at the same time, by that same by, by that same uh, token, we want to make sure that you know these communities don't become like the end space uh, for young adults, but actually become really more of a starting space where they can then you know learn to be disciples or get discipled, or eventually they themselves can be can be formed as disciples uh, to really go out there and you know be witnesses of of, of the power of love that, that that is there with God, but. It happens with, with these communities now. Another document that we're looking at very closely, in addition to Evangelii Gaudium or Christus Vivi, is the document of Aparecida, mm -hmm. uh, the 2007 uh, document of Aparecida that took place in Aparecida, Brazil, where, where you know, you know, really um, Evangelii Gaudium gets a lot of its uh, its points from as well, as well as Christus Vivi. But and and that's that that is centered in in five things that. That, that um the 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 the, the document talks about and it's about you know when it, when working with all ministries not just with young adult ministries you know, the importance of having that encounter with Jesus and how Jesus encounters that person uh, in their own situation and then the, the the change that happens the second piece is is the conversion so having a space is having these spaces where Jesus can encounter to allow that process of conversion in a person uh, whatever the conversion may be, it could be something very simple, or it could be something you know quite you know impactful for that individual. But also, you know, after having that encounter and having that that moment of conversion, is having that space for discipleship, where people can begin to learn more about who Jesus is, uh, why Jesus is, and what is really the the cause and the purpose of Jesus among us, right? And then you know we also want to look at the part that invites you know us to be in community. So there is this there is this moment of encounter, there is this moment of conversion, there is this moment of discipleship where we learn about Jesus, we, we learn from Jesus directly. But then there is this moment, there is this important moment of, of building a community, of walking together in that process. So, and then obviously that community then is asked to then go out and, and do mission. Mm -hmm. So those are the five points that appear in Aparecida in the, in the formative itinerary. And uh, that's one of the ones that, you know, most recently I've been, you know, bringing up to, to our team to really take a serious look because at the end of the day, you know, we've been, we've been doing some of that already. But, you know, we, we are definitely like following the pillars of Renew My Church. We are definitely engaged with, you know, the efforts that are happening that Colonel Supich has, you know, definitely invited us to be as, as a church of Chicago. We're also looking at the, the, some, of the, some of the letters and, and, and writings from Pope Francis. And we're also looking directly at these documents, like the document of Parasita, which is a document that, again, I keep bringing up to, to our team. And we really like talk about what, what it all means and what does that mean for us in terms of an office and how can we get you know, the more fruits out of it. But, but yeah, the, I, I, I can go a lot more in depth with that, but I'm going to leave it just at, at those because really at, at the heart and center of the document of Parasita is that encounter, the conversion, the discipleship, the communion and the mission. Yeah. Well, let's yeah. go ahead and take a, a quick break and uh, we'll come back. This is a good, you know, kind of point. Uh, and then we'll just come back and, and chat a little bit more. I would actually like to, to dig into that document if we could. <laughs> I feel great. I got good grades. 
we've seen a huge surge in our kids now meeting or exceeding grade level. Come check us out. You may have never thought we were an option before. Caring adults make all the difference in the lives of adolescents. Catholic Charities understands this, and our mentorship program provides a free opportunity for youth living in Lake County to spend time, virtually, with volunteers who genuinely care about them. This program is ideal for youths age 9 to 12 who may need support navigating the challenges of childhood and early adolescence. Our amazing volunteers serve as friends and role models who help youth recognize their strengths and empower them to reach their full potential. Catholic Charities conducts a thorough background check on every volunteer, and our program coordinator closely monitors and supports each relationship. Mentoring is a fun after-school program that is totally different from remote learning. Virtual group sessions help youth enjoy fun activities with their peers, too. We're connecting youth with great role models. Join us today. To learn more, call 312-937-3375. That's 312 312- 937-3375. Hey, it's Timothy Johnston here from Liturgy Training Publications. Over the past few months, I'm sure you've found yourself at home more, whether it's working from home or watching live stream masses on Sunday mornings. As we begin adjusting to this at the beginning of the pandemic, one of the things I missed the most was gathering with friends at the parish. That's why we at LTP have created this new virtual gathering series called Living the Sunday Word. We meet virtually on Thursday evenings each week and reflect on the upcoming Sunday readings. And with that, we share stories to help us more fully reflect on the Word of God. I'm inviting each of you to join us, a group of friends meeting virtually from all parts of the country. So visit ltp.org for more information and to register. You won't want to miss this. Good morning, and we're back with Lifelong Journey, a radio program hosted by the Office of Lifelong Faith Formation. My name is Clarissa Alhinter, and I am joined uh, by Pablo Padilla, and he's on the Young Adult Engagement Team, and we've been spending the morning talking a little bit about Theology on Tap and uh, kind of encountering others, you know, on, on virtual platforms and how we've experienced Jesus. And before we went to break, you know, Pablo, you were so eloquent and kind of breaking open, you know, how... And why, you know, the the documents and the pieces that your team has used in terms of, you know, how we want to accompany young adults. And uh, a parasita was mentioned. Uh, and I know you said, oh, I can go into it, but I don't want to go into it more. And I, I was wondering, you know, not too much more, but, you know, why do you think this document, you know, even though it's, it's, it's definitely not dated in a bad way, but it, it came at a time um, that was pivotal. And then even still today, that document still really resonates especially with the community that you uh, are currently ministering with? Well, it, it, it's, it's one of the things that's important about the document is it, it was themed, uh, the theme of it in 2007. Uh, the bishops of Latin America and the Caribbean met from uh, the 13th of May to uh, the 31st of May. And, you know, it was overseen uh, by Pope Benedict. So, the, uh, the, 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 what, it, what it really, the theme of it was, you know, disciples and missionaries. Mm-hmm. So every, whenever we talk about missionary disciples or missionary discipleship, I mean, really the document has a lot of like great points that point back to the gospel and the person of Jesus and how, you know, we need to look at our own reality, discern our own reality, and really just um, look at it through a lens of, through the lens of the Gospels. And, you know, of course, I'm going to say something that sounds very simple, but at the end of the day, it really it really is at the core of, of what this is trying to tell us. And that's a phrase that we maybe take for granted, but really, Aparecida is really asking us, is look at, the, look at the realities in which you live in. 
look at the circumstances in the situations, whether that be with the self, the interpersonal relationships, society, culture, faith, faith life, whatever that is, what are the circumstances? And then it asks us to discern uh, how Jesus acted in the Gospels. And it really becomes an invitation to us to discern how we need to act like Jesus in our own immediate reality. And not only that, but it also asks us to enter into action as Jesus would have entered into action in our own immediate surroundings and our own immediate realities and our own immediate circumstances and situations. So at the end of it all, you know, it, it really is, you know, also at the heart and center. One of the other things that's at the heart and center of all this, and the reason why, you know, you know, we're invited to really walk and be more like Jesus in our own, in our own circumstance, in our own reality, really is inspired by John 14, 6, mm -hmm. where Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Uh, so that's, that's basically, you know, the theme of Aparecida is disciples and missionaries as where the, 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 it is first, you know, termed, uh, that was a theme. And it, it really is inviting us to be more and more like the person of Jesus in a much more practical way through through the different avenues and different platforms of pastoral ministry that we engage with, that we engage in. In our case, obviously, it's with uh, the ministry with young adults, and and because Renew My Church is asking us to to not only like build community, but to make disciples and inspire witness. Mm -hmm. You know, there is there is this document that already like lines that lays out several you know suggestions, several things that we can put into practice to achieve that. Um, for example, one of the things that we'd love to accomplish eventually as a team is how can we really you know, help young adults see themselves as missionary disciples mm -hmm. in the Church of Chicago, in the reality that Chicago and the suburbs are currently living in. So, you know, that's that's more or less uh, where, where we stand with this with this document and, and why the document has been something that I've been you know, proposing to our team to really take a more serious look at and, and really just use it as a reference point for the ministry that we do. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's great. When we think about theology on tap and here here in Chicago and the reality, you know, one of the things I wanted to, to to talk about and ask about was like, so what makes what does theology on tap look like this year? Because last year I remember it was all big virtual sessions, right? Because we couldn't gather, we couldn't go anywhere. And this year it looks like it's a little bit of both. And can you can you tell us a little bit about I know you already had, you know, one session, but you know, what does the rest of the theology on tap look like this summer? So as we're getting back on track, uh, because we didn't know what the reality would be, we didn't really like uh, make an intentional effort to organize theology on tap in person, like we would have done, you know, under under pre-COVID-19 uh, circumstances. In the past, obviously, we would get host sites to tell us where they were going to be hosting. We'd obviously encourage them to, you know, host at pubs, restaurants, lounges, uh, somewhere outside of the parish setting. Uh, but in in cases where they had no other options, obviously the parish we know would be the best option. Uh, as you know, on July on June 11th, uh, the restrictions were more generously lifted for all of us. So we were a little bit late in the game to promote theology on tap among host sites. Although um, some parishes have gone out of their way to organize their own theology on taps, and they are they are they are currently running theology on taps or they're doing theology on taps. They're making theology on tap happen. Um, we took the approach of being cautious and, and really just thinking of being good stewards of everyone's health. So we, we we told the people that wanted to host theology on taps that you know the Archdiocese of Chicago itself wasn't going to encourage the in-person theology on taps right now because of policies that that we as an archdiocese have, but really that I believe are motivated for uh, you know from a perspective of being good stewards of people's health. Mm -hmm. We just basically said, look. Checking with your parish, checking with your pastors, um, see what is possible, uh, see what is a reality, you know, in your in, within your local community in terms of venues. How are how is the situation with with dining in? How is the situation with you know going to places like pizza places or lounges or pubs? What's what's what are you able to do? And we basically encourage our leaders to just you know go on a case by case, you know, try to see what is possible, try to see what you can do. And once you have something up and running, just please, you know, circle back with us and let us know so that we can put it somewhere in our in our webpage or in, in our site so that you guys can identify those sites that that are able to host. And then, you know, we encourage young adults 
obviously to go in and spend some time with them and share with them where, wherever they can. But we all, we always are asking people, look, just be very careful. Just, you know, you know, you know, use your own discretion, use your own common sense. You know, obviously uh, we want all of you to stay healthy and we repeat that over and over again. We'd like, we just really got want everyone to be healthy. We want to make sure that we contribute to walking away as further away from this pandemic as possible. So anything that helps those efforts, you know, we just ask to apply them to Theology on Tap. This year, we're going to do a kickoff. We, our kickoff was virtual. Our kickoff, Clarissa, as you know, would, would draw in upwards of 500 young adults in person. We'd have a wonderful event. We'd have a wonderful moment to share our faith and also share our own company. But, you know, given the circumstance that we're still in, we decided and opted to do a virtual kickoff that is, you know, right now on our Chicago Theology on Tap Facebook page. People can go there and access it and still watch it. The ones from last year, I believe, are still there. So you can still go and, and, and see a lot of the Theology on Tap talks if you haven't been able to. But our kickoff is was definitely up there right now. And, you know, this year, the theme was around uh, St. Joseph who is patron of the universal church, of families, of happy deaths, and, you know, who basically just, you know, walks with us. So we kind of like it. We're inspired by Pope Francis that proclaimed this year, the year of St. Joseph, and we decided to theme at least our kickoff and our closing event around the topic, the theme of St. Joseph. So our kickoff, our, our kickoff theme was about the universal church and accompaniment based on the person of St. Joseph. And Father Guillermo Campusano from DePaul University uh, Vincentian Missionary was, was was gracious enough to give us a wonderful uh, a talk on that subject. And so so we did the kickoff virtually, and obviously we're going to do a closing virtually. And, 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 and you know, like I said, you know, if people are hosting Theology on Taps or young adults are hosting Theology on Taps, we just ask them to send us their info. Um, what we hope for and what we're really looking forward to is that by this time next year, you know, the kickoff would be in person. Uh, we have you know, at least, you know, 20 to 30 sites that are active and, and doing Theology on Tap, that we're all back in person, and that we're all doing doing uh, uh, the work of doing Theology on Tap evangelization tracks or more theological growth tracks, um, and just continue to, like, maybe spread the opportunities for young adults to encounter each other in person. Uh, but right now, we are we are walking back into Theology, into theology on Tap uh, with caution, um, really being good stewards of people's health, and really just making sure that, you know, we, we are able to put this pandemic behind us so that we can get back to doing ministry more and more in person. So this year is a case by case. It depends on what people are willing to do and what people feel comfortable doing, what venues are feel, are feel comfortable doing. And then we just, again, we just ask them to just circle back with us. But we are definitely, definitely uh, going to have a presence on the virtual platforms. We're not going to be doing uh, a whole five sessions like we did last year. We, we, but like you said, Clarissa, we did the kickoff, and yes, we're going to have the closing in August. And people are more than welcome to join us for that, and they can definitely go visit our website for for on in-person sites. So, can you tell so, us the date of the kick, or not the kickoff, but the closing, the date, and where people can find more information, please? Yeah, it's going to be in August. Uh, I don't have the exact date right off the top of my head right now, but if you go to our Chicago Theology on Tap page on Facebook. Or if you go to our diocesan page, you know, we, we you you can definitely find the date there uh, for the closing. I believe it looks like August 12th. August 12th. Yeah. August 12th. I think it's August 12th at 7 p.m. And again, it's going to be virtual. So if even if you're, you know, on vacation in Hawaii, you can always, you know, log on <laughs> and catch the Theology on Tap closing. Again, also inspired uh, by the theme of St. Joseph. And it'll be around the theme of happy death. So, you know, I hope that causes some curiosity so you can come and hear what all that's about. So, uh, you know, and so again, inspired by by the person of St. Joseph. So uh, that's when our kickoff is going to be. And I mean, that's when our closing is going to be. And, and again, there is this time in between where there are some sites that are active. And I encourage you to just visit our, our website here at the Archdiocese of Chicago. And for other information, just please visit our Chicago Theology on Tap uh, Facebook page. Fantastic. Well, thank you so much, Pablo, for joining us this morning. It's been an honor and a pleasure, as, as usual. I look forward to seeing you back at Meyer. Uh, in the meantime, thank you so much, folks. We'll catch you next month. Thank you, Clarissa.
Join us every Monday through Friday at this time for Catholic Chicago. You can stream our programs live or listen to past programs by visiting our website, archchicago.org, and clicking on Radio TV. And please connect with Catholic Chicago on social media.